0: From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter.
1: Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. This Monday, May 17th is tax day. It's a month later this year, the IRS extended the deadline to give people more time to file because of the difficulties caused by the pandemic. But that deadline is just about here. In this episode of Straight Talk, we ask, where does your tax money go? Here's what some people in Portland told us about taxes.
0: Gosh, I really don't know these. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not prepared. Is
1: this not something you think about all day long? It is
0: not something I think about all day long.
1: If we have a pandemic, if we have better emergencies to do, why are we putting money in military right now?
2: It's funneled away somewhere and never
1: quite back to the people. We'll take a look at what most of your tax money is paying for, and we have some polling from DHM Research that shows what people think about some of these taxes. Welcome to my guest, former Portland City Commissioner Steve Novick. He's also the former communications director for Citizens for Oregon's Future. They used to hold tax day events to educate people. Also joining us, economist Dr. Eric Fruits from the Cascade Policy Institute, a nonpartisan public policy think tank, Its mission is to advance the value of individual liberty, limited government, and free markets. And we also welcome John Horvick, the political director at DHM Research. DHM is independent and nonpartisan. Over the years, they've done a lot of public opinion polling on taxes. Welcome, everyone, to Straight Talk. It's great to have you here.
2: Thank you. Great, Great to, to be, be here. here. Thank you.
1: Well, before we dig into this, let's find out what you three think and if you've done your taxes yet. Steve, how do you feel about taxes and are you finished with yours?
0: I just signed them today. Uh, I procrastinated until today. And I generally feel pretty good about where my taxes go, both the state and the federal level. I uh, would like to spend less money in the military, like one of the people in the street you talk to, but... As I'll, but I'm in the minority in that, even among Democrats.
1: And Eric, are, are you done with your taxes yet?
0: I always file an extension. It's the most painful process and
3: I try to put it off as far as possible.
1: Hey, I'm with you and Steve. I haven't quite finished mine yet either, but John, you told me you're an early bird on taxes.
2: Yeah, I do mine uh, pretty much the day I get my W-2. Not are pretty straightforward, uh, but I like to think of myself as the, if you're a Simpsons fan, the Ned Flanders of June taxes, I'm, I'm usually probably the first guy to get them in.
1: I need to be more like that. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Yeah. Let's look at where your tax money goes. First, we'll tackle federal taxes. Here's a graphic from the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities with a breakdown. You can see the bulk goes to Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, and then defense and the military. Steve, what do you want people to know about their federal taxes?
0: Well, Laurel, I want people to know what you just said, that the vast majority of federal taxes go to programs that are supported by Democrats and Republicans alike. As you just showed, that more than half of the federal budget goes to Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid, and the military. And the vast majority of Democrats and Republicans are okay with that. Um, Other uh, smaller amounts go to things like education and transportation. And again, the vast majority of Democrats and Republicans are okay with that. So it's interesting that in an era when people talk about how politically divided we are, Democrats and Republicans are actually united in thinking that the places where most of our tax dollars go are pretty good places. The only problem is that people don't have very much good information about where taxes go because nobody makes a big effort to tell them. So we don't know how united we are. One side note. There's one piece of federal spending that a lot of people think is big that's actually small and that's foreign aid. About 1% of your federal taxes go to foreign aid.
1: Some of the people we talked to on the street thought 25 to 30%. So yes, less than 1%. Mm-hmm. Eric, Steve thinks that people understood that the bulk of tax dollars go to these more popular programs that generally have some bipartisan support. People would feel better about the country and more united. What do you think?
3: Well, I think one of the challenges is if you look at, at the, the graphic that you just put up, all those top line numbers, I think people would say, yeah, that's where I want my money to go. Where you see the problem in the debates is when you start looking, digging down deeper into how that money is actually spent and, and what sorts of programs underlying those are being funded. And that's where you find things like the waste, where you find uh, people, uh, you might find misplaced priorities, you know, that's where you find things like the crazy experiments like uh uh sprinkling badgers with deer urine uh you know that's that's where uh i think what percentage of the federal budget state? goes to that eric <laughs> <laughs> could but, you hear that right, it's a tiny percentage well uh, let me finish i mean you could talk about other things that are you know you know really big multi-billion dollar programs you know you've got 175 billion dollars last year just spent on improper payments In other words, that's a program that people might agree as being a popular program, but that money is going to the wrong person or in the wrong amount and for the wrong reason. So that's a phenomenal amount of waste. And when people start seeing those kind of eye-popping numbers, $175 billion, then they start saying, wait, why am I paying taxes to support this kind of uh, uh, impropriety?
1: And John, you have some research that shows a lot of Oregonians think that the federal tax system is unfair. Let's take a look at those numbers. Can you, can you speak to that?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, we hear what, 77%, about 77%, but three out of four Oregonians think that the federal tax system is unfair. Now, part of that is going to do with spending for sure and, and, and what voters might think is a misallocation of their tax dollars going to programs that aren't um, productive or affect their lives. But a lot of it has to do with who they think is paying uh, their "quote-unquote" fair share, and you know what we just see consistently, um, and really haven't seen it for you know the decades we've been doing our work is a sense that certain groups of people aren't 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 aren't, aren't uh, paying up, and that's high-income earners and um, large corporations. So setting aside whether that's true, I mean, it's a policy debate that that uh, um, you know others can engage in. That's uh, really clear what Oregonians tell us is um, they, they feel like they're paying a lot, but others aren't.
1: And we'll look at that a little bit more in a moment. Let's talk about state taxes. We have a graphic that shows how our state tax dollars are divvied up in Oregon and where the money goes. This shows the 2019 to 21 budget, mostly goes to education and human services, which includes foster care, long-term care for seniors and people with disabilities. A big chunk goes to public safety. Steve, what do you want Oregonians to know about their state tax dollars? And you could also uh, react to what Eric said earlier if you want.
0: Well, again, state taxes are actually even simpler than federal taxes. Almost 90% of your income tax dollars in the state go to education, health care, and human services is mostly health care. It's mostly, as you said, long-term care for seniors and people with disabilities and straight up regular health care under the Oregon Health Authority. And then a big chunk goes to public safety. I personally tend to think of child welfare, and child protective services as being a part of public safety. So that is where your Oregon income taxes go, education, health care, and public safety. And again, I think a vast majority of people think that those are important services.
1: And John, at DHM, you've tracked Oregonians' attitudes on taxes and spending for years. How do they Uh feel about state taxes? We have another graphic to help illustrate this.
2: Well, this is where the story gets a little muddled. So if we ask Oregonians in a general sense, in the abstract, do you think the taxes are too high and we should reduce spending? Are they about right and keep spending levels where they are, or, or ought, we, ought we, you know, tax less and spend less? And if you frame it that way, only about one out of four Oregonians think that, that um, taxes ought to go up and, and public spending should increase. The vast majority, you know, really believe that either we're spending uh, or taxing too much and, and spending too much, or, or we're doing it about the, the right amount. Now, this is abstracted, and we talk to people about government, sort of, you know, quote unquote government. They do resist. They do feel like um, disconnected from it distrustful of it. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit more in what Steve is alluding to. When we get into the specifics specific programs, um, specific individuals or groups that should be taxed more, you know, attitudes can can move pretty quickly. But as a, in a general sense, uh, Oregonians have told us, and really have told us for a long time, uh, that they're not uh, interested in uh, higher taxes and more government
1: spending. And here's that graphic that you mentioned earlier about which groups do they think are not paying enough taxes.
2: Yeah, it's really clear. When we ask the Oregonians these sort of questions about once a year, these are actually from from 2019. Although I, no reason to think they would change. Um, you know, do these various groups—large corporations and small businesses—you know—pay uh, too much of their fair share or, or too little in taxes? And you can see, you know nearly eight out of 10 Oregonians think that large corporations aren't, aren't paying enough and upper income individuals, about seven out of 10. I will note there's sort of an interesting finding that's consistent with national data is that more Oregonians, about one out of four say that lower income people are not paying their fair short, fair share. than they say that middle income people aren't paying their fair share. Um, And uh, you know, it's something that I think for for folks to really wrestle with, with why uh, a fair number of Oregonians think that.
1: Well, let's let Eric weigh in here on what uh, you've heard so far and also how much waste that you think there is in state taxes. Well,
3: well thank you. Uh, it, again, going back to the, the federal thing with uh, the spending, if you look at the state, Steve's right, it's about 90% is on education, human services and public safety. And human services is it, it's growing. It's becoming a huge burden on the state budget. And part of it is due to uh, the state's uh, expansion of Medicaid. And it's not just under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, The state has been expanding Medicaid coverage to people where the feds are not actually offsetting the cost. So that we have to pay all of it. And when you look at the population that's in Medicaid, it's less than a quarter of the population in the state's on Medicaid. So you have 75% of the population paying taxes to provide health insurance for the other 25%. And so I think for a lot of people, they're comes this belief that there's a fundamental unfairness. And then you can also look at other programs that are truly wasteful. I mean, everyone remembers the Cover Oregon debacle, $300 million that was just poured down the rat hole. Before that, you had the Oregon Wireless Interoperability Network, $600 million wasted on a system that doesn't work. You could look at Portland. You've got a water billing system that didn't work for $40 million. Uh, The online permitting system. They've blown through a $12 million budget and it's six years behind schedule. And so when people see these things and they see it every day in the news, all this waste, all these failures to meet deadlines, they say, wait, I don't mind paying taxes if I get a bang for the buck. And we're paying a lot of bucks, but we're not getting much bang anymore.
1: Well, let's let John uh, show us the poll that, that DHM did on what Oregonians think is wasted.
2: Yeah. And when we, we ask this question, this one is from a few years ago, but for, for quite a long time, we've been asking Oregonians, just hey, out of every dollar that the state spends, how many cents of that dollar do you think is wasted and how many cents do you think benefits your life? And 44% or 44 cents of the dollar Oregonians think is wasted, just 31 cents say that benefits it benefits them. Now here, and maybe to, to, to build on, on Eric's point uh, a little bit, is uh we have plenty of polling to say that Oregonians support the Oregon health plan and Medicaid expansion, but also note that I think it's true that these numbers, that a real sense that money is wasted. At the same time, in the last couple of years, Oregonians twice have voted to increase taxes to fund the expansion of Medicaid. So there is this sort of, I think, general sense that money is wasted, general sense of skepticism, but on the specifics, uh, Oregonians have said uh, many times over um, that taxes are okay to fund the specific services that they wanna see.
1: And Steve, I know that you're probably dying to, to comment on some of that on the, on the waste and, and what Eric said.
0: And, well, it's not surprising that people think there's a lot of waste in the state budget because people hear in the news, people like Eric all the time talking about individual examples of waste and neither the media nor politicians do a very good job of putting that in context and explaining That the vast majority of your state tax dollars go to meat and potatoes things like teacher salaries i mean sure there's waste in everything heck each of us wastes money if we happen to buy milk at whole foods instead of fred meyer Um, and in any big organization there's some waste i personally have fought waste in the oregon lottery i thought that they were paying way too much to tavern owners simply to let video poker machines sit in their floors but if you look at the day-to-day operations of state government it's payments to uh, nursing homes, it's payments to teacher salaries. And Eric was saying that 25% of us pay, uh, are on Medicaid and the other 75% pay. But again, a big chunk of Medicaid spending is long-term care like nursing home care for seniors and people with disabilities. And a lot of us are going to wind up eventually in nursing homes or other long-term care for seniors and we're not gonna be able to afford to pay for it ourselves. So even if we're not part of that group now, when we get older, we're likely to be part of it.
1: Steve, Eric, John, it's time for us to take a break. Thank you so much. We'll talk about the dozens of taxes Oregonians passed since last May during the pandemic and look at a new income tax in Multnomah County. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk, I'm Laurel Porter. Monday is tax day, and we're talking taxes with my guest, former Portland City Commissioner, Steve Novick, economist, Dr. Eric Fruits, and DHM pollster, John Horvick. Once again, so nice to have you all here. I, I wanna start with John here. When we're talking taxes and the pandemic, you were surprised by the robust support Oregonians showed for local taxes during the recession and COVID. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, sure, in the early days of the pandemic, yet headed into the May primary, a lot of local governments decided to take things off the ballot or kick them to November because they were really worried that with people losing jobs and the economy turning south, that voters would say no to tax measures. But that's not at all what happened in 2020. Typically, Oregonians pass about 60 percent of their local funding measures on the ballot. So that's your you know, cities, school districts, you know, bonds and levies, things like that. In 2020, Oregonians passed 75 percent of the measures that were on the ballot, You know, so I love to do polling. I love to ask people in surveys what they think. But the best measure of uh, what what they really uh, want is what they do. And in 2020, they had a chance to say yes or no to tax measures in their local communities. And they overwhelmingly said yes. I think that that tells us a lot uh, about how they really think about taxes. I'll note that they're specific and they're local. uh, And that really matters, too.
1: Well, one of those taxes voters approved in November 2020 is an income tax increase to pay for universal preschool. And that tax is going to be due next April 15th if your employer isn't withholding it now. Here's a look at how much it is. For single filers, all Oregon taxable income over 125,000 is taxed at 1.5%. All income above 250,000 is taxed at a 3% rate. In 2026, the rate increases by 0.8%. Now for joint filers, all Oregon taxable income over 200,000 is taxed at one and a half percent. All income above 400,000 is taxed at 3% and that goes up by 0.8% in 2026. Eric, what are your thoughts about this tax? And this isn't the first time Multnomah County's had an income tax.
3: Well, it isn't. They had what was known as the I-tax back in 2003 to 2005. And during that period of time, Multnomah County population actually declined. I don't think people were packing up their moving vans, but instead what they were doing is you had those high-income earners who may have had second homes who were actually uh, just changing their address on their tax forms and avoiding that tax. I remember at the time a lot of people in Multnomah County were really surprised at how much that tax really bit, uh, a big part of it because there was no withholding. Uh, this new tax is, uh, you know, it has a, a higher income threshold. But if you look at, particularly at the single level where it's 125000 that sounds like a lot, but uh, I know a, a lot of people at my age uh, who are going to be hit with that. For example, I know a woman who's a widow with three, uh, three kids, two of them in college. Uh, she's going to get hit with that tax, and she's already got a lot of money flowing out the door.
1: Steve, what are your thoughts on the, the new income tax for Universal Preschool and some of the things that John talked about, the reasons that people passed all these taxes?
0: I'm kind of not surprised that more taxes passed during the pandemic because I think the pandemic probably reinforced the sense that we're all in this together and we rely on each other. And one of the ways you do that is through taxes. On the Multnomah County tax, I just want to point out that um, the tax only applies to income above $125,000. So, for example, if you make $130,000 in taxable income that's after deductions and exemptions, then you only pay $75. So if Eric's friend uh, makes $130,000, she's paying $75 because of that tax. Meanwhile, she's getting thousands of dollars in President Biden's child tax credit.
1: And, John, you think they're really Another, happy-
0: another thing I want mention Go is ahead, that Steve. one problem with federal taxes is that the Social Security tax, Steve, which is the biggest tax for most of us. What? Steve, you might want to take your math. Um, well, Five percent at one point five percent of five thousand is seventy five, I believe.
1: What number do you have? Last Aaron? I checked. Oh, I
3: man, misheard his numbers, but it, it didn't sound right mm-hmm. based on what he was saying.
1: If you if you make one hundred and
0: thirty thousand, you pay seventy five um, dollars. But, but by the way, I mean, what I wanted to say is one aspect of federal taxes that most people don't know about is that you don't pay the social security tax in income above one hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars. So if you make a million dollars a year, then you don't pay social security tax on most of your income. So the fact that Multnomah County has a tax that only people who make over 125,000 pay slightly offsets that unfairness at the federal level.
1: Let me bring John in here because you think there hasn't really been enough discussion about the Uh income tax and and what it means for local taxes. Are there any constraints Mm -hmm. on how high those taxes can go? No,
2: no. That in contrast to our property tax system, which has all sorts of constitutional limits on their rates and how fast they can go up and how long they can last, income taxes, they, they're not constrained in that, in that way constitutionally. So, you know, A lot of my work over the last you know, decade or more has been working with local governments asking their voters about possible property tax increases, and now I'm hearing from my clients saying, well, wait a minute maybe this income tax thing is a better option for our community. We know that voters are uh, believe that high income earners don't pay their fair share. Uh, we saw what happened in Multnomah County. It passed uh, overwhelmingly. There's all sorts of constraints with property taxes. I really do think that policy advocates, policy makers, and just everyday folks have, um, need to really think hard about what happened in Multnomah County and uh, you know, ask themselves, is that the sort of policy we wanna see uh, in other communities across the state as well. I, I really do expect that this conversation to pick up uh, steam in the years to come.
1: I know you get a lot of questions about the possibility of there ever being a sales tax in Oregon. <laughs> Voters have consistently said no to a sales tax. What is your latest research show, John? Is there any appetite now for a sales tax?
2: No, hasn't been, isn't now. I don't expect it to change in the future. In the last few years, I would say there's a little bit of appetite, I think, from some sort of policymakers, policy wants, but the Student Success Act passed by the state legislature, which is a grocery receipts tax and acts a lot like a sales tax. I think whatever sort of interest there was really dissipated there, but Oregonians have consistently, consistently said no to sales tax. Everything I've seen says they'll continue to say no to sales tax.
1: But Eric, you think in some ways, and, and John uh, sort of touched on it, that there is already a sales tax.
3: Sure, we are ahead. The corporate activities tax is a sales tax. Uh, we also have a sales tax on recreational marijuana. And so for people who think that Oregon doesn't have a sales tax, uh, you're sadly mistaken. It, it's here and uh, and there's a very good chance it could rise again. You know, the other problem, too, with the Multnomah County income tax and Metro's income taxes is voters had to approve the tax, but they don't have to approve any increases. You only need just a few votes on each of those councils to raise the rate. So, you know, I'm predicting that in the next few years we'll see that rate go up to 3%, 4 5% uh, because there is just going to be an endless appetite for more spending, new shiny programs that will then become vital services, and we will probably end up being, having one of the highest tax burdens in the country.
1: Uh, Steve quick response to that
0: I just want to say again that most tax dollars do not go to things that are new or shiny um, for decades the biggest parts of the federal budget have been Social Security Medicare and Medicaid and the military um, for as probably since William the Conqueror the biggest item in any city budget is the police um, and at the state level the money goes to education health care and public safety. So I know that there's this fear of the cost of shiny new programs, but most programs that we spend tax dollars on are neither shiny nor new.
1: We just have about a minute left for you, John, but I know we wanted to touch on uh, the top issues when you do polling. What are people's top issues? Where do taxes rank?
2: Taxes have ranked pretty low, to be honest. I mean, the things that really, this is from uh, October of last year, And the things that Oregonians really told us were important to them were lot: public safety issues, COVID, environmental issues. That was right after the forest fires. It normally doesn't rank that high, but it's where it was. You know, taxes are a third tier sort of issue. People can get motivated by them, and they certainly have in the past. Uh, And and we know some of that history, particularly with property taxes in the state. But right now, you know, there are other priority issues uh, for Oregonians. Taxes are, are, are
1: somewhat low. I only have about 20 seconds left for each of you. Uh, Steve, 20 second final thought.
0: Uh, uh, to be a broken record, I think it's very cool that Americans are actually united on thinking that the biggest federal programs, the most expensive ones, are good programs to have. And I wish more people knew how united we are.
1: And Eric, 20 seconds. Well, our state and
3: local governments have really failed us for years, if not decades. And they're predictably in the pandemic but a lot of the problems were all there and the pandemic just revealed the problems that we already
1: had. Well, thank you, Eric, Steve, John. We really appreciate your being here and thank you for watching and listening. Remember, you can get Straight Talk as a podcast wherever you get your podcast. Search for KGW Straight Talk. We mentioned some of the top issues for people like homelessness and housing. Next week, instead of more taxes as the answer, we look at innovative community-based solutions. That's coming up next week on Straight Talk. And if you haven't done your taxes yet, good luck. Have a great week.